Amazing. Well, I'm, I'm Scottish. I don't know, is there anyone else Scottish in the room? Anyone Scottish? Anyone ever met anyone Scottish? <laughs> Thank you. That's good. That's good. Um, my wife's called Tamsin. I've got two kids. One's called Jordan, my son, and my daughter is called Kezia. And um, a little while ago, I was reading a book, an American book, and this preacher was saying how he used to take his son to lots of different places, and his son would be like, Dad, when I grow up, I want to be just like you. And I'm reading this book, and I'm thinking, I want that, yeah? I want that. And he says, Dad, is it okay if I call you sir? Sir, I'm thinking, I want that, yeah? My son to be like, sir. And uh, my, my son was 15 at the time, so I started to take him to a few events, and he would sit on the front, and he would be sitting like this. Oh. And I would be preaching. I remember one place in Birmingham, 3,000 people. Jordan's on the front row. He's 15. He's like, oh. And then the event goes on. People respond. It's wonderful. And then they said, would you come into the side room and answer some questions? And I says, yeah, that's great. So I said to my son, Jordan, we're going in this room. Oh, do we have to? Yeah, come on. So we go in. And they're asking me all these questions and I'm answering them. And I notice a little table with tea and coffee. And in front of all these leaders, the 60 leaders, I said, Jordan, son, how about you jump up and get your dad a coffee? And in front of all these leaders, my son said to me, how about you jump up and get it yourself? <sighs> oh! There was like a synchronized buttock clench, yeah? Everyone was like, mm! and honestly, about 40 people went to get me coffee, yeah? It was embarrassing. And on the way home, I'm like, Jordan, Jordan, come on. How about you jump up and get it yourself? And my son sitting next to me says, Dad, God has told me to keep you humble. Oh. <sighs> And I says, well, that's good, son, because God has told me to keep you in poverty. So it's all going to work out just nice. Now I was like, wow. So now I don't have my son here today. I don't take him anywhere I go because it's not worth it. But no, we have great time. We live in Nottingham. It's absolutely amazing. And um, I've got a sermon burning inside me today that I want to share with you. And if you've got a Bible, it's from Psalm 23. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though 
I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Wow. I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Hallelujah. We could go home now, couldn't we? It's a great psalm, isn't it? Psalm 23. And I want to just look for a few minutes at verse 5. You Prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Wow. I love that the Lord has set a table before us. It is so important that we keep on nourishing ourselves in the word of God. We keep on taking in food which is God's word. You see, um, I've got a friend, Neil. Neil ran last year, he ran 100 miles in one go. 100 miles. I mean, just saying that makes me want to lie down. How do you feel? 100 miles in one go. But the big thing was he had to nourish himself. He had to sustain himself. If he wanted to get to the end of this run, he had to make sure that what he was taking on was good food. And you know, friend, if you want to get to the end of this journey, if you want to keep on going on for God, if you want to still be a Christian in 10 years' time, you've got to make sure that you are nourishing your soul with the word of God. Amen. Amen. And during lockdown, lots of people did lots of things, didn't they? Some people learned a new language. Some people built a swimming pool. I learned how to eat. Yeah? Oh, I got very good at eating during lockdown. Did anybody else have a little struggle with the fridge during lockdown? Oh. You know the two meter rule? It had to be the two meter rule between me and the fridge. I was like, oh, I learned to eat a lot. But one of the things that I did do was I started to memorize the Bible. I wanted to memorize the word of God because I wanted it marinating my soul. I wanted it seeping deep into my soul. And I would encourage you today, friend, that if you want to keep on going, you've got to enjoy the feast of God. You've got to enjoy what God has set for you. You see, I love these words. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. David had a lot of enemies. David wrote this. There were a lot of people that wanted to kill David. I don't know today if you've got anyone that wants to kill you. Probably most of us in the room do not have people that want to kill us. Some are going, have you met my wife? Yeah, she would. 
of us. We don't have people that want to kill us. David had lots of people that wanted to kill him. But do you know what? This is my deal, is that we have, we have enemies. Maybe we don't have anybody who wants to kill us today, but we have enemies of our soul. We have enemies of our soul. Fear, apathy, discouragement. They are enemies of our soul. And they want to absolutely finish us. They want to do us. They want to completely, absolutely finish us off. And it's like, wow, I love this. God prepares a table for us in the presence of our enemies. You see, when I was a young guy, I used to hear preachers preaching. And it used to be this kind of message that it was like, come to Jesus and everything is going to be fine. The message seemed to be, you come to the front, God is going to sprinkle his magic dust over you and you are going to be amazing for the rest of your life. It was like, you're not going to have any trouble. You're not going to have any sorrow. You're not going to have any discouragement. You come to the front, come to the Lord, and he will just magic wand all your troubles away. But we're in this room right now, and we know that's not true. You see, a lot of us are dealing with stuff that is not just going away. A lot of us are dealing with discouragement that is not just being magic wanded away. Our church, last year, our pastor's wife, 61 years old, oh Lord, she got ill. We prayed our prayers. We called on the Lord. We called on Jesus. We put prayer meetings through the night. We called on the Lord to heal her. But our pastor's wife was taken away, taken to heaven at 61. And we're having to deal with discouragement and we're having to deal with the fact that like, wow, that is tough to take. That is hard. That is a bruise that is deep. But I want you to know that God in this beautiful passage he says there are going to be discouragements. There are going to be those things that get in the way in life. There are going to be those things that you are dealing with, those troubles and those struggles. But what I absolutely love is that this verse, it doesn't eliminate the presence of the enemies, but it enables the experience of God's goodness and bounty even in their midst. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That even in the midst of struggle and trouble and problem, wow, we can still feast on the goodness of God. Hallelujah. That wow, you know, not everything is perfect. Not everything is sorted. Not everything is dealt with. But even as I look at my enemy across the table, I can enjoy the peace and the joy and the goodness and the loveliness of God. That even in the presence of my enemies, I can enjoy the bounty of God. You know, I'm speaking to someone tonight because you're dealing with some pretty difficult things and you've prayed your prayers 
and the enemy of your soul is pretty intimidating and he looks across at you from the other side of the table and he is, wow, he is intimidating you today. People in this room that have got stuff that is glaring at them across the table and yet the Bible says God has prepared a feast for you that you can enjoy, a blessing that you can know today and that, wow, I really am going to pray that at the end of the service, wow, there's going to be people that are going to be, oh, maybe my problem will not be taken away. Maybe my struggle will not be changed. But what I will know is that I can feast on the Lord's goodness. I can enjoy the bounty of God. I can know the blessing of Jesus. I can know the peace of the Lord. And I can walk and say, wow, even in the presence of my enemies, hallelujah, a table has been set before me. Amen. Hallelujah. Wow, I'm getting excited myself. You see, sometimes you're dealing with stuff that's difficult. You know, at the moment, my wife and me are dealing with a struggle down in London. One of my wife's relatives is very difficult. It's intimidating. It's tiring. It's hard. And I'm going to be honest with you. Please listen to me now. If I could sprinkle some dust for it to be taken away, if I could pray a certain kind of prayer for it to be taken away, I would pray that prayer in a jot. I would do it. But we've prayed it for five years and it's still there and it's still intimidating and it's still hard and it's still discouraging. But what my wife and me were praying the other day in the kitchen, we were saying that even in the presence of our enemies, we are going to enjoy the peace and the favor and the blessing and the goodness of God. Even in the presence of our enemies, we're going to enjoy all that God has got for us. Hallelujah. A few years ago, I got the chance to preach at the NEC. Pastor Mark was actually there and I got the chance. And there's about 8,000 young people. There was a band. Can anybody remember the band called Delirious? Can anybody remember that band? They were playing. They'd got lots of things going on. It was amazing. And I was the preacher. I was the preacher. And I was a young guy who was there in the back. I was nervous. I'd never preached to such a big crowd. I was very nervous. And the band were playing and I was backstage pacing around. And then God Channel were, were putting it out to, to the world. God Channel were like streaming it out. And one of the God Channel guys came and got me. And he says, Mark, Mark, you've got to come and see this. You've got to come and see this. And I went into the room and I could see them streaming it out all over the world. And some people of another faith had got hold of this. And they said that they pronounced jihad against the event. And they said, whoever opens the Bible, we're going to kill them. That's what it said. And all the God Channel people were all high-fiving each other. They're like, wow, we've really rattled the devil. This is amazing. Oh, praise God. We're doing amazing stuff. Everyone was high-fiving except me. Because I'm the one that's going to open the Bible. I'm thinking, oh Lord, here we are in Birmingham. What's going to happen? I thought maybe what I should do is I should get up and say, hi everyone, my name is Pastor Mark Ryan. Yeah, my address is just coming up on the stage now. I thought about doing that and I thought I better not do that. And I got so nervous. And I went to try and find a room to pray. And there was bands and drama team and lots of people in different rooms. And the only room I could find was this cupboard. 
And I went in the cupboard with the hoovers and the mops. And I was like, God, I'm about to go out there. I'm doing this for you. And in the cupboard, God spoke to me. And I had this sacred moment in the cupboard. God said, you're not doing this for me. You are doing this with me. And in this moment, I had this sacred moment. It's like, wow, God, I'm doing this with you. You are going to be on the stage with me. You are with me. And there I was having this beautiful, sacred moment with God. And then suddenly, I heard this young guy running up and down the corridor screaming, Preacher, where is the preacher? We need to go on in two minutes. Where's the preacher? And I just came out the cupboard. And I says, I am the preacher. And just at that point, the hoover just like fell out, yeah. And he looks at the hoover and he says, are you really the preacher? I says, I am the preacher. That is the hoover of anointing, yeah. It goes everywhere with me. And you know, I went out on that stage and praise God, amazingly, 1,300 people responded to Jesus. 1,300 people responded to Jesus. You see, friend, what I want to say to you today is, do not go out from this place and God, I'm going to try and do this week for you. I'm going to try and do my best for you. Oh, friend, you're doing this with God, yeah? You're doing this with God, hallelujah. You're gonna enjoy the feast of God, the bounty of God. I'm gonna pray at the end of this message for peace that passes all understanding, for joy that springs up, for hope and for life, and for favor, hallelujah, yes. Because we enjoy the feast of God. I love this because it says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. You anoint my head with oil. When I first read that, I obviously thought that it meant about when David got anointed by, by, by Samuel to become king. But I began to read a little bit deeper and I found out it wasn't actually referring to that kind of anointing, but it was talking about something different. This is referring to the anointing that is in an ancient custom at that time. And what would happen is that people would throw a house party and as a mark of respect, when people came, they would anoint their head with oil and they would be saying, you are our esteemed dinner guest. We are honored to have you here. Make yourself at home. Wow. And the moment here is that God would anoint your head with oil, my friend, and he would say, you are welcome here. Everything here is yours. You are my esteemed guest. Make yourself at home. I know there are some people in the room today and you're far from God. You come and you stumbled into the service and here you are and wow, God says to you, welcome, my esteemed guest. I anoint your head with oil. You are welcome. Everything here is yours. All of heaven's wonderful blessings are yours. 
Everything that heaven can provide is for you. Somebody in the room needs to hear that God saying all of heaven's health is for you. All the blessing and goodness that comes from heaven can be yours today. Wow. Wow. It's like, here you are. You are an esteemed dinner guest. Wow, he anoints your head with oil. Ah, oh, the richness of the host's goodness is for us today. The richness of the host's goodness is for you today. I remember I, I went to Australia. I've been to Australia now a few times and I went one time on my own. I flew to Melbourne. I thought I was only having one stop, one airport stop. We had two. On the second one, I'd been flying already for about 24 hours. I was absolutely shattered. It was because it was one of those, we tried to do it cheap. So we were flying to different countries. Like, oh yeah, if you go, if you go to the opposite end of the world from Australia, you get it for 10 pounds cheaper, yeah? And I'm Scottish, so I'm like, yeah, I'll do that, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it was like, wow! The second stop, I remember the air hostess says, You've got to get up and go to the airport. You've got to leave the airplane. I says, I just want to sit here. She says, no, no, you go out and you're there for two hours and then you come back and you sit in exactly the same place. I says, I'll just sit here. She says, sir, don't make us go and get security. I thought, I've got to go, I've got to go. I remember I was stumbling around that airport. I didn't know which way was up and which way was down. I couldn't remember my name. I didn't know, I was like, oh man, I've gone. And then I had another seven hours on the plane. I got to Melbourne. I didn't know where I was, what I was doing. This couple picked me up. I was completely discombobulated. I was oh, all over the place. They took me to their house and they said, make yourself at home. Everything here is yours. If you see something in the fridge, take it. We just want you to feel completely welcome here. Have whatever you want. I know that I shouldn't try to get their TV into my suitcase. Yeah, that was too much. That was too far. But you know, joking aside, in that moment, I was like, wow, I'm on the other side of the world, but make yourself at home. And I know that there are people in this room today and you're discombobulated. Life's gonna bit awry, ups and downs, you feel tired. You feel like life served you up some pretty bad stuff. And here in the presence of God, God says to you today, friend, make yourself at home. You're welcome here. I anoint your head with oil. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I love that the Bible says, you anoint my head with oil my cup overflows. My cup overflows. I, I, I want to be someone whose cup overflows with goodness and wonderful things. I want to leave my mark from my overflow. I want to leave my mark. I want to be spilling out with goodness and joy and hope and life and peace. I want to spill 
spill out all that is good that when people meet me, they're like, wow, I'm glad that I met Mark Ritchie. You know, some people, their overflow is bitterness and complaint. Oh, have you ever met one of those Christians that moans about everything? Have you ever? Now, I know there are none here tonight, yeah? But I've, oh. When I was a pastor in Barnsley, we had this lady. She would moan about everything. We said she's part of the BMW club. Not because she had a BMW car, but she was a blamer, moaner, and whinger, yeah? Have you ever met one of them? Oh, I remember we saw her in Asda. My wife and me on a Saturday morning, we were getting some stuff, and we saw her coming. And we both put our head in the frozen chicken, yeah? And we kept our head down until she went past, yeah? I mean, we got frostbite, but we saved ourselves. We saved ourselves. You know, there's those people that they just love to overflow the complaint of their heart, moaning, whinging. But I want my cup to overflow of the goodness of God. I want my cup to overflow with kindness and generosity. I want my cup to overflow with all the good that heaven brings. I, we... Um, I started to work up in the loft in our house. We've got light carpets all over our stairs right up to the loft. And I like to go all the way down to the kitchen and get a coffee and get it full to the top. And as I'm walking up the stairs, you know, you bump into a few things and you get up to the loft. And then one day my wife comes in and she's like, Mark, you've left a trail. All the way up the stairs, a trail of coffee, all the way up the stairs, on the carpet. And I was like, my cup overflows, yeah? My cup overflows. I said, Tamsin, it's in the Bible, yeah? Yeah? If you maybe read your Bible a bit more, then moaning at me would be in a better state, yeah? Yeah. I now live in the loft, yeah? No, no, I don't, I don't. But you know... It's fun, but the truth is that we leave our mark of our overflow. What do you leave your mark with this next week that you're going to move into? Are you going to leave a, 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 an overflow of complaint, an overflow of moaning, an overflow of bitterness, an overflow of jealousy, an overflow of envy? Or are you going to be someone who's overflowing with joy and hope and love? That you could actually have the opportunity to bring peace and goodness to someone in this next week. Hallelujah. I, uh, I was in a hotel recently and a couple of us were just laughing and Christians. We got on very well with the waiter. We had some laughs with the waiter. And then we went in just having a little drink at the end of the night and we were just chatting and we sang a little worship song. And I just jumped up to go to the toilet. And as I went through the door, the waiter was at the door. And he stumbled back. And I says, are you okay? He goes, oh, I'm sorry for listening. I'm sorry. I goes, it's fine. He says, what was happening? He says, it was really powerful. I says, well, we, we're just singing. We're Christians. We love God. He burst into tears. He says, during lockdown, it's been the hardest time for me. 
He goes, and when you were laughing during the meal and having good fun and banter, I thought there's something different about these guys. And then I listened at the door and I heard that singing. But more than the singing, I heard and felt something so powerful. And I said to him, that's just the anointing of God. I says, we'd love to lead you to Jesus right now. And there in that hotel, I sat with that guy and led him to the Lord. And my, my friend Mark Greenwood, who's been here, he was with me, the two of us together. What a joy to share and lead in this waiter to the Lord. Our cup overflows. And my prayer is that this week, wow. You know, I want to say, worship band, when you were up today, there was something overflowing from you that was so beautiful, so powerful. Did anybody else sense a wonderful sense of their cups overflowing, the presence of God? My cup overflows. You know, I wanted to kind of finish just by telling you about this. I'm Scottish, and uh, I saw this kind of picture, this vision that really disturbed me. It was a picture of an Edinburgh Scottish castle. And this castle was beautiful. And I could see that I was on the outside of this castle. And in the castle, I could see that there was some food cooking. There was some warm fires. And I was out in the rain and out in the cold. And I could see the lights on in this castle. And the weather was disgusting. And the weather was gross. And I wanted to get into that castle. And so I approached the castle, but there's a massive moat around the castle and I cannot get over it. I can't get under it. I can't get round it. I cannot get into this castle. Imagine if that's the end of the picture. I'm left on the outside, horrendous, and I can see a celebration going on inside the castle. But the end of the picture is not that. The end of the picture is that then I saw the drawbridge come down. You see, friend, I want to tell you that God, he wants to host you in a wonderful celebration. But the Bible says that we've all sinned. We've all come short of the glory of God. That moat is like the sin. We cannot get under it. We can't get round it. Doesn't matter how good a person you are. You cannot deal with the moat. But the Bible says that God sent his son, Jesus. That Jesus laid down his life. Jesus laid down his life. He died on the cross. He became the drawbridge. That means that you and me can come over that bridge into the celebration and God says, welcome, everything here is yours. I don't know if you've been watching it, probably not because you're wonderful people, but there's a show going on at the moment called I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out Here. And when they come across the bridge, the family member is waiting for them and the fireworks are going off. God is waiting for you to come across the bridge called Jesus into his arms. Hallelujah. 